Record on this computer. All right. Here we go. Special edition tonight, huh? Welcome to the Coach Haas Podcast, sponsored by Sports Rehab PA, Bucks County's premier sports rehab. Mikey, guess what? We got ourselves a nice guest tonight. As long as we don't break down on the Wi-Fi, we had some issues last week. We're not going to talk about it too much, um, but we did. So hopefully we won't have that issue this week. Anyway, we got ourselves another Villanova guy. This week we have the strength coach for the men's basketball team, Villanova men's basketball team. I believe they have two national championships. Three. It's three. It's three. Three, yeah. Yes. 85, 2016, and 18. There you go. Michael, you want to say hello real quick before we introduce our guest here? Yeah, man. Uh, How's everyone doing today? Doing well. Doing well. Today was good. Doing well. Good. Uh, You guys are a little bit choppy. Hopefully, uh, there's no more storms coming in. (laughs) We don't blow out, but. Yeah, there is just a little bit of a delay on there, just a little bit. But anyway, I'm not going to get into doing too much of the introduction because I want him to really do a lot of the introduction. I am going to speak just a tad bit about he does work with the coaching staff, with the nutrition, the strength training, and the recovery. So um, he goes by Coach Shaq or Shaq now. (laughs) I'm guessing he's going to spell it different than S-A-Q, right? <laughs> yeah, man, Shackleton. So Shaq is short, you know. So, yeah, it's my name, Coach Shaq. That was I – no, I never actually called myself Coach Shaq until I got into the field, and that's what athletes and coaches started calling me. So then I just went with it. Yeah, just call it like yeah, wildfire. Go with it. <laughs> Go with it. Yep, yep. It's funny because when recruits come, they think I'm going to be like this big guy. You know, like this big, this Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal, but they see me, I'm like, I'm just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself yeah, there, man. Coach Shaq. Yeah, man. Um, so I live in Bucks County. I'm in Jamison. And, um, you know, my professional life, I've been working at Villanova for eight years. And I, um, you know, I'm the performance coach for men's basketball. I was also training the women basketball team as well up until like I believe it was two years ago. Well, yeah, now I'm just strictly men. Okay. And uh, yeah, I've been there for going ninth year, and you know I went to school at Temple University, then uh, GW University for grad school, and I'm, I'm a local guy. I was, I was born in Northeast Philly, and I went to hopped around. My parents split up. I was you know different high schools and schools, but you know I ended up graduating at uh, CB West down the road. Gotcha. So, you know, I've been, I've been living in Bucks County. Yeah, man. So I'm back up, back, back to my roots. <laughs> oh, awesome. What part of the Northeast? Uh, I was actually, I lived on Academy Road for a long time when I, when I was born. Gotcha. I was born in St. Christopher's Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Academy Road. Like my whole family's really from Northeast Philly. Okay. Right. If you're familiar with it, you know, Academy, where, you know, where like the uh, fire station is on Academy Road? Like yep. literally like right there across the street. Yep. Yeah, Brian's right down the street, Archbishop Brian. Okay. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that's, where my, that's where my mother and father, they both went to school there. Yep. Archbishop Brian. That's, that's our, our um, opposing school. Well, I mean, I went to judge, uh, but I actually work with a lot of Ryan <laughs> kids. Now, when they come in the building, okay. I do torture them a little bit. 
So you know, <laughs> my, my brother went there and all my cousins and all my uncles went there. I'm the only judge guy from my family. Uh, my dad was kindly excused after his sophomore year. So then he finished at George Washington. So I was the only okay. one to complete the four years at the high school. So. <laughs> gotcha. What's what's the what's the like current status of uh, the Catholic schools? Like, is it still like a lot of big rivalry rivalries? Yeah, I mean, uh, Judge and Ryan is obviously still a big one. Uh, Judge and Wood yeah. can be big. I think it really just depends on on what sport it is. Soccer definitely, it seems to be more Judge and Roman is to become the big one. Okay. Uh, since North Catholic yeah. is kind of, they closed down. North was a big rival with them, uh, but now, yeah, I would say soccer wise. Basketball, uh, you know what, to be quite honest, I don't follow enough of it um, at the high school level, but I would say the judge's probably biggest competitor there would be Ryan. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I don't really follow much. You know, obviously we get a lot of – we get got a, you know, we get guys from Wood all over the city, but I know Wood's been pretty competitive, and then it kind of changes around, right? There's not just one dominant team every year. It's like from year to year, it could be different. Yeah, Wood, I know Roman Catholic's really good. Yeah. Yep. Funny story, just a couple of years ago when Wood won the championship and Connor Gillespie was there, um, yep. one of the weekends, my buddy and I went up to the ACC championship to see Duke and Notre Dame play. And a bunch okay. of Wood boys came up, I guess it was a day or two after they had won that championship. And I saw a couple of them in the locker room and – Years ago, I was the assistant strength coach for the football team for Wood. So I have some roots there at Wood. Okay. So I like those guys, and I saw the jackets, and I was, didn't even realize I was talking to Connor. And then, you know, a year later, I see him playing for Villanova. So I'm like, ah, that's pretty funny. So pretty yeah, good player, yeah. huh? Nah, man. Yeah, he's really developed into, you know, coming in. He wasn't, like, highly touted. And – you know, we saw we had some game, but over the last couple of years, man, it just got better and better. Now he's like, you know, they're talking about NBA with him. So, wow. You know, he's just, yeah, man, he works hard. Another Ryan hard. Arch. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Same, same DNA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They look like the same type of player, same type of build and everything. Yeah, I mean, tough, smart, you know. Um, I would say Colin's probably a little more explosive. Has a little more vertical leap to him and um, first step, you know, acceleration. But I would say over, I mean, very, very similar game though. Okay. okay. What are uh, what are some things that you're doing now with the whole COVID situation? Like, how are you handling like contact with the players and things like that? Yeah. So I mean, man, it's been it's been pretty uh, dynamic. It's been changing a lot, but. Um, Really just a lot of communication, a lot of text messaging, getting on the phone with them. Each guy's in a different situation. Um, we started out, I sent them a box of equipment, you know, really just to get them going a little bit. Um, but as things opened up, guys are now seeing some trainers. But, you know, so we started out, I sent them like some bands, some ab rollers, just some things they can do some things in the house, man. Because when, when it was really kind of strict, guys couldn't get anywhere. So, right. um, you know, we, they were even doing body, body weight training, right? So... You know, I put some things into an app that they can follow and, uh, you know, giving them just, just trying to keep them, trying to keep them somewhat uh, engaged and um, active, man, you know. 
So, you know, now most of them are seeing some trainers. Some guys are still in situations depending on where they're at, where they, they can't really get in anywhere. So I'm still talking to them and trying to give them a lot of different, you know, just trying to change things up and trying to be creative, you know. But we have, we have a lot of time, man. And, um, you know, I don't think we're, we're not very stre- like stressed about it as coaches. Like, I love to be working with the guys in the summer like I always do. But yeah. I think, you know, if worst case, when they do come back in September, we still got a lot of time to get them right. And like Coach Wright talks about, that's how it was back in the day. We did like coach that when he was with like Raleigh Massimino back in those days and even into the nineties, guys went home in the summer. You didn't see them. You didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they would come home and they would do start doing two days and prepare all the way through September, October and be ready, be ready by November. You know? you, so, Jacked and then you had them from there, but be, before that you really were kind of hands off. Yeah. 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 So I would say it's just a lot of communication, man. This is what it is. Um, you know, we, we started sending them, I started, well, from the start, I started sending them 18 meals a week from this company that we're using. So we, right away, we thought nutrition was huge, making sure they're eating What's properly. And also just, we use Factor. Okay. I went with Factor because it, you know, they, uh, they really look at where the food's sourced. Right. So, you know, you can get like pasture raised beef and, you know, they cook with the right old oils and the, the chefs the chefs are really into what's going into the yeah. food that's what really that's what i kind of got you know that's what i value so basically like a pre-made and meal that, and they send it to the house and yeah so it's yeah so time. yep so every wednesday they got to have their meals in online they can select the meals change out every week they select them by wednesday night by 12 and then they prepare them over the next few days and they're on their doorstep by Monday or Tuesday, depending on where they're at. Wow. And, yeah, um, that's and, like, like the new thing that they're doing now. I've been hearing that on a lot of podcasts. A lot of other companies have, have uh, come over. Like a big one is called like Trifecta. Okay. I know they have a lot of like sponsored athletes and like, uh, like the CrossFit realm and other like maybe athletes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they do the same thing. They tell you exactly where the meat sources are coming from. They know how the cows are being treated, the actual farm. Yeah. And some of the stuff even comes from Europe. Like uh, one of them owns a farm in Germany. And so they know what they're getting. Everything is spaced out based on what the athlete needs. Okay. You know, and then it just stays in time. Just cooking a meal prep, it just takes it takes a lot of time. <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like our guys, right away we sort of get reports. Like they're, the guys are eating the family out of the house, you know. Cause yeah. They eat, yeah. man, you know. So also we just want to help reduce the burden, like the financial burden. Usually during this time, too, we're usually getting all their meals for them. So. Yeah. So that's what we do. We, so we went right with right away. I said, Coach, I, th- I think it's important that we try to help our guys with nutrition. I think that's the most important. And then, and then we also I send them shakes once a month. They get they get shakes dropped on their doorstep. So we'll do that through the through the entire summer. For me, that was most important. And then whatever we can get with training and you know me talking to the guys individually, we'll get it done. Now you do stuff on your own too, under another name. Do you do you do fitness like or I mean I've read some yeah. of the bio stuff and uh, Shack Fit is a lifestyle yeah. right it's a, a lifestyle is it a brand or yeah so yeah so I started this brand Shack Fit two years ago and um, I wasn't on social media literally this is like about just about two years and um, we had a we had a guy on our a GA on our staff who was on a 2016 team as a as a walk on. His name's Henry Lowe. I always talk about him because he's the one that helped me get this started. And he had a class project in grad school for one of his marketing classes. And he said, hey, Shaq, why come you're not on social media? And I just told him, I'm just not into it. Like, I just want to focus on the team and I feel like it's a distraction. He's like, no, but people would love to see what you're doing with the team, but also see how you live and 
how you like embrace fitness and you know they, they would love this i was like really people want to see that i didn't really understand how people would like to follow that because i don't follow anybody i don't right. i'm not watching how how does he live i just, I just don't do that i don't know i, I couldn't connect with it but then he's like oh, how about i start a page for you and he called it Shack Fit, right? And I didn't even start a, I didn't even have an LLC or anything. He just named it that. And then later I, I developed the LLC behind it. But he started it and started doing my account for me for, you know, uh, during the season of 2018. And, um, yeah, it got me up to like 1,000 followers. And he was tracking everything, looking at all the, you know, all the measurements that you can look at and insights. And he was just doing it for his class. And then he did a project on it. And then he graduated and I took it from there. And he taught me, he taught me to rope. He taught me to roast behind social media, you know? Right, right. And then, then obviously. So, yeah, so, and then, and then. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, so, yeah, this Shaq fit just, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, what, what I'm about, it's just not just performance coach. Like, yeah, Bill Nova is my platform and that's where I work. But, like, I think going forward with whatever happens, you know how this coaching field is. Anything can happen any year. I just want to. I just want to develop something. I want to give people information, right? Like, I just feel like there's a lot of fake stuff out there. So I want to be like this brand that's like legit and really into like, all right, this is like, this is what's real. You know, training and nutrition and, and the lifestyle, right? So I, that's, and I don't talk much on social media. I kind of just like show, this is what I'm about, yep. right? So, it, 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 and then if people like what they see, they, they follow. That's how I go about it. That's what's great about Instagram is it's simple. When Instagram first came out, just like photos, and it's gotten more elaborate, but pretty much you can just kind of show. You could just put up a video, describe what it's about, you know, and then really, you know, you could provide links and stuff to your credentials so people know, because you're right, there is a lot of fake crap out there, and we're going to get challenged with that from clients, you know, patients, athletes, you know, they're going to say, well, I saw this on Instagram, I saw this on the internet. You know, and they're getting these knowledge bases, but Joe and I talk about this all the time. You get these social media influencers and there's no credentials behind it. There's no degree. There's no background. It's just they genetically look good and they do a bunch of crap in a garage and people follow it. And it's like, what is this? Yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah. No, no, it's the truth. So, yeah, man. I mean, I just, that's, I just want to really inspire people, man, like through fitness and health and, you know, lifestyle. That's just what it's about. Now, were you an athlete yourself? Did you play sports? Yeah, I played. I played football. Played football at CB West. I actually played under Petten. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I graduated in '98. We won a state championship then, and then uh, I think they won like the next two or three after that. Um. I played one year. You ever hear of Wesley College down in Delaware? Yes. Yes. Played played one year there in high school, man. I tell you what, in high school, I was a knucklehead when I was younger, man. I did. I got bad grades. I, I couldn't. I couldn't even go to college really. Just because that's like the only school that could get me in. Wow. Went there. I did really well. I did really well actually. And um, but then, uh, did one year, and I kind of just didn't know what I really wanted to do. I, I didn't want to play football anymore. And uh, I just from there, I, I did a lot of over the years. Did a lot of blue collar type work. A lot of like landscaping and auction uh, work. And then I went back to school at, at the age of twenty four when I matured a little bit. And that's where I went to Temple. And I met, and what did it was I met my wife, you right? You wanted a little bit more then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, everyone, you know, everyone matures at different times. I was just the way I was brought up. I didn't have a lot of guidance. It just, um, you know, but when I was 24, I, like around that age, well, I met my wife when I was like 23. 
you know, um, she kind of got me grounded and kind of made me just kind of think a little different, you know. That's usually what happens. The woman comes yeah. out as a ground, the maniac, and then they hey, that's what check that off as their life. My what? Save saved me, man. <laughs> you com- do you uh, do you currently compete in anything? Do you? I mean, do you, do you do anything now? Like, we did, I mean, I see your stuff, but you know, some of the people that are listening maybe haven't seen any of your stuff yet. So, I mean, you've you've come into the gym a couple times. We've talked, but. I mean, are you competing for anything or are you just kind of just for your health? No, I mean, I think I'm I'm not really competing. I'm just, I'm really trying to be a better person, man. You know, that's really, I'm truly, I'm, I'm, you know, I got, I got two boys, got my wife. I'm like, it's a challenge, man. You know, I know you're a father as well. I don't know if you are, Mike, you have kids, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. I'm trying to be like just a, a, I'm to the point where I'm like competing with myself and trying to be the best I can be. Um, I think I'm done. I mean, that's my competition, right? So I, I'm not really competing against other people or teams, you know, or, or, or for physical activity. Like I did last time I did something was I, I ran a Philadelphia marathon without training. I just went and ran it cause I wanted to, because I had people that were asking me to train them for half marathons, marathons, but I never did it. So I just went and ran it. Well, wow. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not there. Yeah, I'm, I'm what is it, this far in my life? I'm 41 now, and I don't, you know, I didn't really have any serious injuries. I never really tore anything. I had a broken jaw because I played tackle football one one time. And I got a head to the jaw, but that's about it. So I have a lot of buddies that are still at my age and like you know tearing Achilles tendons and tearing ACLs. I'm like, I don't want that. It's just I don't need that right now. I'm trying right. to be a healthy father, you know. So I'm just trying to stay fit and. Yeah, I, I know if I get on the court and play basketball or go out and play football, I'm gonna this mentality is gonna kick in that I have, and I'm gonna just as what I can't just go half ass, you know. The body's so, pretty one. I'm healthy now. I want to eighteen, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just trying to stay at where I'm at now. I feel good. I just want to stay healthy, man. I don't want to jeopardize anything and be hobbling around. I'm trying to go have a catch on my boys or you know stay active with them, you know. We don't want to have to send you over to Dr. Mike. <laughs> yeah man that's what i did i'll tell you what i did i did i still i still may try to do it i always wanted to do a triathlon i've always wanted to i just never really gotten into swimming that's the one thing holding me back i gotta gotta get into the swimming component of it which i i can see that happening soon just because as i get older i know swimming's a great way to train great exercise so i think eventually i'm gonna have to hit it soon because i know running even going out for a run like i just know my knees only have so much life left, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that those endurance sports and stuff, usually for people as they start getting in, because, like, men kind of peak in their 30s. And I think you still have people in their 40s that are really successful, just the energy system. I think it's when they try to go into these pickup ball sports, like the old man softball leagues or the backyard football, and they haven't trained that type of intensity. Dang. You know? And it's like if you're staying consistent with the type of training, like it sounds like what you're doing, you should be pretty good. It's usually when there's a really bad dip. And then people want to pick it right back up and then just nasty yeah. things now. So. No, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Joe, speaking of that, I know you, so you know my, I know you, you work with my um, video guy's wife. Or, um, no, I'm sorry. He works with your wife. Yes. Ian Richardson. Yes. So, yes. yeah, so that, that happened to him. He went out. He just tore his Achilles tendon. She showed me the pictures. I was like, oh, this boy, he was on a scooter. He was on a scooter. I was like, oh. Yeah. oh. 
And we, well, last week we were just talking, uh, Mike and I, we had a PT student on from Temple, and we were talking about hamstring, like reprogramming. And here I had a buddy who played softball. First week, playing center field, comes up lame with a hammy. You know, so we – and then that kind of goes back into two weeks ago when we had Kevin Miller on, and we were talking to him about some of the con major concerns – for when these athletes come back. And his, obviously, his biggest one was the soft tissue injuries. Yeah, because obviously there's going to be a spike, right? A spike in the load, like just the player load. Like everything that they do is going to be a sharp – because some of these coaches are – they just want to turn it right on. So that's right. where I got to, you know, talk with Coach Wright and figure out what's going to be best for the team when they get back. And we have a lot of that data through the, you know, the polar system that we got. So we know – you know, we have we just have the numbers that we can look at. Okay, where are we at usually in the in the preseason? Where are we at in the summer? So we can look at all those numbers. So what are you seeing? Uh, I guess that transition because Joe and I, you know, we talk a lot of this with seeing uh, uh, kids in high school and the transition into the college level. Um, like, what gaps are you seeing, or maybe things that you do see certain high schools do well, and maybe some to do a little better, and then, like, what is the difference between that high school level, college level, besides skill, maybe other developmental stuff? Yeah. It's interesting, man. It's, uh, I don't know if it's getting worse. I don't, it's crazy, but there's a, there's such a huge need for the high school player, like, in terms of physical development. I'm seeing these guys come in and they're just not ready. Now, I can give you some different situations. So, like, this year we had a guy come in. He was, he went to school down at IMG. It's like going to college. You know, you heard of IMG? Oh, yeah. So we came in, and, yeah, he came in. He was ready to go, right? So I, I always put these guys the first week when they come in, I put them through this. I put the, you know, I put the GPS heart rate monitor system on them, and I put them through a couple work capacity circuits that are that I keep. Uh, they're always – every year they're the same. I just want to see how they respond to it. It's literally like a versa climber, body row, push-ups, step-ups. They go into a treadmill run. I just want to see how they respond to it, tracking a heart rate. And he, so if, if a guy crushes it, then I know, where I'm, I know where they're going the following week. Now, I have many guys that do this, we work at passing circuits, and I'm not, like, I'm not proud to say it, but they literally throw the hell up, and they got to stop. And let me know right away. They've been telling me they're training the whole time before they come in, but they're really, I don't question what they do, you know. Um, and I see. So IMG, those athletes are always prepared. And then there's another school down in D.C. We have two athletes come from. Um, Sadiq Bay and Josh Hart, they came from the same high school. And Sidwell Friends, it's called. And um, both times, both of those athletes, were in, they were ready to go. So every time, like when Sadiq Bay came in, he's going into the draft this year, he, uh, I called up the strike coach. I was like, hey, man, just to let you know, this is our second guy that we've got from you and they're both like both ready to go. So you keep doing what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. But then, I mean, so it's, it's all over the place, but I mean, for the most part, most of these guys aren't ready to go. So it's just, they just don't know what, they just don't know what it's going to be like. They can't even predict they think, but they don't really know. So that's, that's kind of cool. You put them through a battery of conditioning to test those things. Cause that's another thing Joe and I were talking about, especially with, this high school soccer level, you know, they want to go three seasons and it's like, are they even conditioned? Can they handle that? But it's also developmental. I mean, there's only so much that the kid's going to be able to express at that high school level and then going on to the next college level. But it's just like soccer, 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 but there's no conditioning 
to get them ready. You know, they're just constantly doing the same skills, same skills, and never really developing yeah. other tasks that could probably make them a little bit better. You know, and basketball is probably it's probably it's very similar. That all they do is play basketball, right? The AU games, they got these weekend tournaments. They're constantly playing, but it's really they're not working on any of those other abilities. Right, they're not putting themselves in the in the in their weight room and working on the strength then, which. I mean, obviously, we know that that ties in no. your explosiveness and, and your 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 ability to recover from m minor injuries. You know, and even for major injuries, if you're really safe, your, your your tendency to come back is you know you're able to bounce back a lot quicker. Absolutely. What type yeah, I mean, it, you, uh, it, doing, I was gonna say, what type of stuff are you doing with them for like that strengthening? Like, because I talk about with the athletes, you know, you want your you're training to basically speak the language of your sport. You know, are you doing what's going to translate? You know, because a lot of these guys go into the gym and girls, they don't know what to do or they're just doing whatever. They're doing like pro workouts and it's not actually training what they need. So like what type of stuff do you need specifically do more to a basketball player that obviously you know, wouldn't do for another athlete, things you like to hone in on? Yeah, I mean, I'm always looking to see what what's going on on the court and how much they're exposed to on the court. So I got to look at like, you know, the, the, the analogy I love, I, 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 like, I never met Mike Boyle, but he's been, like, a huge mentor to me. I follow all his yeah. stuff. Yep. So the, the thing that he, I love how he breaks things down and he keeps it real simple. So I always use the bucket, the bucket analogy. I'm looking always looking to see what bucket needs to be filled, right? So if coach is on the court and he's, he's running these guys and he's, he's got the bigs doing multiple dunks in a practice and, you know, uh, he's doing defensive slides and all. So do I really like? Okay, what buckets are filled? Like, so I'm like, all right, do I need to do really need to do agility today? Right? Like he had him on the court working on the defensive slides, working on a lot of lateral movement. So that's what I'm looking. At. I mean, uh, if a big, I can watch a big times in the summer doing practice do like 20 dunks in a row, where he rolls and he's up and he dunks and like it's multiple like, over and over and over again. Now, same thing. Like, do I got to work on? Uh, vertical jumps or going over hurdles and, and, and giving these guys and expose them to that extra impact. No, but like I can still probably have them jump and maybe go to a box and eliminate gravity. So it's just really always just watching practice and seeing what coach is doing and talking with coach and seeing what buckets need to be filled. And I'll tell you right now, the buckets that always need to be filled in basketball is strength. So the one end of the continuum, like they need to fill that maximal strength. Uh, not just maximal time, but you know what I'm saying, just strength, the ability to exert force, yep. you know, and through full ranges of motion. The other end of the continuum, like that, that explosive strength and the, the speed strength, like we'll hit that, but the volume is going to be very low. What's your opinion of the basketball shoe? Because we're talking about this last week. We're going to go into some of this stuff with the – I never understood the basketball shoe. <laughs> I personally think it's stupid, but I want to hear your opinion on it. You know, what do you think about that, the design and – how it translates to these guys functioning. Man, yeah, I mean, the, the crazy <laughs> thing, none of, them, they're, they're, none of them's consistent. Like, you see one shoe, it's kind of like light, low profile. Another one can look like a boot. Yeah. Like, I think it's crazy. I don't know, man. They're all over the place. Um, you know, as a, as a staff, one of the perks is I get all the shoes that the guys get. I get training shoes. So, but like, literally, when they say, Shaq, do you want somebody's basketball? I say, I don't need them. I, I don't want them. Like, I don't even like wearing them. <laughs> Right. They're, they're stiff. They're stiff. They're not. There's no. You can't move in them. Yeah. I always, I always, to be honest, I always wonder like how these guys play in them. On top of that, then they're getting taped as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're so. They're so. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Get Jack. No, just they're so restricted, and you know, you know, and, and they're they get taped for every practice, every game. It just I don't know, man. I just I, I know it's just it's something that you know uh, for each trainer. You know, we have an athlete, I work with athletic trainer. One has a school of thought. He wants everybody taped. You know, now sometimes guys bitch about it and yeah. don't like it, but it's just what it is, you know, and uh, coach backs them up on it. Now, I have to say, though, any kind of sprains that we do get, they're never really severe, you know. I don't know. You know, well, I think it does provide a barrier. But... Last week talked about that, and he asked a question, like, about ankle prophylactics and, and putting the ankle brace on and things. And I remember years ago, it started as the low ankle sprain, right? And then we started taping, and then it became a high ankle sprain, right? And now it seems to be like more knee injuries than the actual ankle. So it seems like with all the tape, we've got the ankle secure, but we're not getting any mobility, which is what we need at the ankle, and now the knee is being affected. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And you know, you would think, yeah, is anything up the chain is going to be affected? And it's crazy because, I mean, this at Villanova, since I've been there, we haven't had any ACL tears or any hip injuries. Right. So, right. I mean, I don't, but you would think, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's other data out there that would say, I mean, obviously that not just at Villanova, but I'm just saying, so my experience is that once you restrict, uh, restrict the ankle, it's going to put all, everything on the knee. In the hip, but I mean, I go. I know you guys also read the research. I'm sure it shows. It. It's probably just, there's got to be stuff that shows that, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you could look at what the data is showing, but you know, a lot of the research, you know, it dives into a lot of uh, same principles. So you kind of start seeing a lot of uh, similarities of things they're looking at, and you know, research sometimes. It takes years for them to develop and get it out. So it can be a little frustrating. So you're trying to pick up on what good articles you can. But the really cool thing that, like, Joe and I are working with is we do a lot of stuff through the functional movement systems, you know, with Gray Cook and those guys. And they have some really cool tests that we don't just sit here and speculate. It's just it clearly shows you. That, and it has objective measures behind it, which is really nice. So we could do that. There's screenings for – ankle mobility, and then it goes up and start testing a single leg squat, and then it translates to that biomechanical, you know, uh, expression. And then we go a little higher and we say, that's your foundation. Now we're going to go and we're going to look at impact control and uh, energy uh, absorption and recycling, storing ability, yeah. so jumps, you yeah. know, not only to jump and land, but to be able to recycle that ability, you know, do it multiple times. So yeah. double, yeah. triple jumps, things like that. Uh, and we're finding that, you know, if there's an ankle limitation, it's going to cause some issues. So I don't know if maybe the taping on top of the shoe is just causing such a stable structure there that the body adapting to that. Yeah. And I'm really curious to see how that affects, you know, their squats and their jumping ability and that type of stuff. And if, yeah. you know, if we looked at reducing that, would there be some more improvement? But it's hard to know because, it, you know, we know that athletes overall, you know, throughout the generations, they're just getting better and better, more powerful, faster. But we're all seeing more and more injuries, too. I mean, yeah. even I think a lot of stuff gets missed when it goes to the pros. Like, Joel Embiid is the best basketball example I use. I get patients that would ask me that all the time. What do you think about that situation? And I said, guy comes from this country. He can ball. That's great. But did anybody ever look at this guy who's massive, has these huge feet, and he's just slamming down on that court with all this playing time. 
No wonder he's got stress fractures in his feet. Does anybody look at his stability and look at what's going on on here? My opinion, I think they should have dialed him back, focused on some stability stuff, and kind of fixed that around, and then brought him back in, uh, you know, basically not so much a controlled loading phase as they described it, but a little bit more of a progression where we could see the improvements. He's got to go through these clearances, you know, but – when you see an organization has like multiple injuries, it's kind of a red flag. We saw that with the Sixers. We saw that with the Eagles, you know. So yeah. when I talk to a lot of my athletes that come in, I tell them, look, I'm like, don't take this as like a big beat over the head because it's a wide spectrum. It happens high school level, college level, pro level. It's just a lot of these things do get missed. And I think that especially at that high school, college level where they're still developing, if you can do this, you could really save them a career, save them a headache make it more fun for them. I know a lot of athletes are just taping stuff up and just trying to go through it. So, yeah, you know. yeah. No, I see it, man. I, I see it all the time. Um, it's crazy, too, because you don't – you know, a lot of these pro guys, too, you don't know where they were in the summertime, who they were with, too, especially in football. Yep. You know, like in, fo- in football, too, you, like you can't even – you're not even – because of the rules, like you can't even, like, contact guys to see, like, to see what they're doing. You know, it's kind of it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's really up to them to uh, control what they're doing, you know. I mean, sometimes I think in these team sports, a lot of it will get a little overshadowed because you know you have a team that can kind of cloud over some deficiencies and eventually get exposed. You'll see a lot more, like, individual athletes that have, like, their personal trainers. I mean, you can even see it when I've talked to Joe and sent him some podcasts with some guys who work one-on-one with the pro guys, you know, and they're like, look, it's, it's really up to these guys to understand their body is their future and they got to make what it is. You have this talent, but you got to take care of yourself. And if you want to go a long way, like good example was Joe Ken. He worked, he was the strength yep. conditioning coach for the California Panthers. Now he doing his own thing, but he, he just blows a lid off of that. He's like, look, these guys got to understand, look, you might come into the league and be balling, but if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to make it five years from now. <laughs> you guys are going to match up to you. Yeah. If you're going to go out drinking, partying and not taking care of yourself. You're going to bust oh, up. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself, you yeah. know? So, you know, you get guys like Tom Brady, LeBron James. They're like the big name examples. There's others. Yeah. They have their own private team. Nutritionist, physical therapist, massage guy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, personal guy. They have a whole team that keeps them together. And that's, that's their thing, you know? So yeah, if you're right. If, you know, it's going to be on them what they're going to do in the off season. Absolutely. That's it, man. Shaq, I got four questions for you. All right, we're going to start with one, first one. <laughs> why do you do what you do? Yeah, so why do I do what I do? I actually asked that question to myself a couple years ago and uh, took, some, took a lot of um, just reflection, right? So what, I came, what it came down to was you know, asking a lot of questions. Whenever you want to find information, you got to ask questions and then find the answers. So – you know, what I came, what I found out about myself is wh- why I get up every morning and I'm excited is because I love that I, I, I want to inspire others to be the best they can be in areas of their lives, right? So I can't wait to get up and, you know, go to my, go to my job, right? And, and go inspire these young athletes, right? And so they can be, become the best they can be. Um, I can't wait to get up and talk to my sons and, you know, inspire them to have a great day, you know, and, um, and my wife and my family, anyone who I come in contact with. So that's, 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 that's why I do what I do. And my platform is that's what it's fitness and performance. That's, that's what I love. 
Isn't it great to wake up that and just love what you do? Do I wake? Yeah, I wake up. Yeah, I mean that's that's when I wake up. That's my my heat. My feet hit the floor. I'm ex- like I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm right. excited. I can't. I, so I, I miss. <laughs> I miss going into work. I miss. I miss like this is my favorite time of the year. I mean, I miss going into work and working with these guys, man. You know, getting in there at six a.m. and getting a couple groups in, and they go to school, they go to classes, and I take them out to lunch. That's that's part of my job. I take them out to some of the restaurants or campus and get them some good meals. Come back, we got practice. You know, it's just what I love this time of year, and I'm really missing it. Do you find that by you challenging yourself and you being maybe an, like an athlete yourself, you know, you don't compete, you do this type of training that you could better connect with these kids? Because I always thought that how are these, you know, when you're trying to train a certain population, how are they going to listen to you if you don't know what it's like to be there yourself, you know? Like you don't know what it's like to kind of feel the hurt from a workout, understand the movement, know what it feels like. I've always said that to myself too. That's why I love still competing and doing this stuff because I could relate to, you know, anybody I'm talking to and saying, I know what this feels like, or I know what this is like, yeah. you know, and, and just kind of that perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very important. I mean, even at 41, I'm still doing plyometrics and trying different things train that way you know um i think you got to be able look you're going to get to a point where you're not going to demonstrate and hopefully i can have an intern that's young and that can show how to do it the, the right way because i'll teach them but right now i'm literally like i won't even be warmed up and i'm game ready i could be in the weight room you'll see me bust out plyos and i'm 41 years old that's all I, I but that's because i do it every i do it every day i love it so much that i still want to I, st- I still want to perform i want my body to be able to perform and i think that's Definitely, look, I'm not saying you got to be in great shape to do what we do, but it definitely helps out with gaining respect from your players right away without even probably saying a word. Yeah. And then when yeah. you talk, you let them know you care about them and you're there to get them better every day, that's, that's icing on the cake. I like it. All right, so I, this question uh, – right, I'll, I'll just ask it. What? What keeps you awake at night? Other than the last week and a half or last couple months. <laughs> other than that, what keeps you awake at night as far as like, you know, thoughts about training, about, you know, about life. But I mean, like, what, what keeps you awake? Man. Yeah, I would say if, if, when I'm, if I'm evaluating my thoughts, man, before I go to bed, a lot of times because now I'm trying to, you know, balance a lot of things. Look, when it, especially with my job. So when it, when it comes to success, there's, uh, a lot of people want to get at you, right, and get in contact with you and talk to you and um, offer you things. So I'm always thinking, I, I got all these, like, who I got to call tomorrow? Who would I, what do I got on top of my training? Who I got to train? Who I want to take care of? You know, I got I to gotta call this guy. I got to call this company. I got to get talk about this product that some company's trying to sell. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a lot going on and stuff that can make your mind go crazy, right? And also just like running this, I got my own brand going. So I'm like thinking about, all right, what I got to post tomorrow? What, what content I want to get out this week, right? It's so there's, you. there's just a lot of things running through. Yeah, it's just all me. And I'm, I'm a one-man show. I don't have like assistants or anybody working for me. Yeah, I'm not that, at that level with, with, right. my, with my brand. but just so I'm doing it all myself, and uh, just a lot going on. So I, sometimes if I don't have – and look, this, I'll tell you what helps, though. Like, that does happen to me sometimes, but if I if – I, every night I have to write down, like, my, a list of things that I want to get done the next day. And 
once I get it out on my head, it does help those, all those uh, racing thoughts. It helps out. And it kind of leads into the next question too. You kind of, you kind of mentioned that. Like, so what are, what are some of your success habits? Like what are some things that, that are part of like your ritual? I mean, like waking up every day, like you seem pretty regimented. So like kind of give us like an example of like, what are some of your success habits? Yeah, man. So I've always been an early person, man. I always got up, like, I would say, like, by, like, 5.36 all the time. But, you know, I think you asked about competing. Do you compete? I think when I hear – if I hear somebody's getting up at, like, 4.34, it makes me want – I compete with that because I'm always thinking, like, why, I'm always – that's how I compete in a way. Like, if I know if people are sleeping, I take advantage of I'm going to be working at that time that's when people are sleeping. Right. That's how I compete, you know? So, like, when I – like, you know, Jocko Willing, right? Navy SEAL, he's on, he's, he's he's on Instagram. You guys know him? Every day he's got his watch. Yeah, so when I yep. – a couple years ago when I came across him and I, I saw him doing it, I'm like, wait, he's getting up at four? I want, I want to do that. He inspired me. So, like, like that's one of my success habits. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect with that, but I, I strive to get up between 4 and 4.30 every day. Um, and then from there I have a morning routine. Like, I started getting into meditation about a year ago. I stay consistent with that. Like a, I do a 15-minute guided meditation just to align my thoughts and how I want to be, how I want to go about my day, and how I want to go about to get to reach to my vision, right? So I just kind of reflect on all that. And then uh, I get up, I make a coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> and, I, and, then I, and then I do some, I do some green it and, um, yeah, being in green, exactly. And then, um, you know, I just try to get up. I try to get up early before anyone can even get in touch with me. Because once eight, about 8 o'clock hits, then you start getting text messages, oh, emails. Yep, yep. Yeah. The boys the boys are up by 8 o'clock. And then, you know what I mean? That way I can get everything I need to get done. Self-improvement. I always get up and people can get a hold of me. And then during the day, it's like you got to be ready to go. I get a call. I got to get on a Zoom call. I got to – maybe we got to talk to a recruit all of a sudden, right, uh, for work. But, yeah. And then, you know, my wife's a teacher, so – She's got to teach a class online, multiple classes. She's got one-on-one for students to teach them. Maybe they don't get something. So I, I got two boys here that also need attention. So right now, that's what it is. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, one more for you here. So what's your biggest obsession right now? What are you obsessed about? Oh, man. Biggest obsession. Got him, Mike. Man, I don't know if I'm as, am I obsessed about anything. Right so now? yeah, so all right, well you can use it another way. Like what? It, so um, instead of your biggest obsession, like what? What? What's the? What's your biggest focus right now? What? What is something that you're focused on right now? Yeah, I know. That's how I because I do. I have like an obsessive, obsessive like personality. So I do. I, I'm, I am obsessed. I have obsessive things that I do. Like I got to get do every day, right? But trying to think about what my biggest one is, but uh, I would say, uh, I would say like, just trying to like build, I'm trying to build my brand, but be smart about it. You know, like I, you know, I'm, I'm attached to Villanova university. I can't just put everything out there. I gotta be, and I got, I got a job, a full-time job. So I'm trying to balance that, but I gotta be smart about with what I put out. Um, you know, so I, I would say that's building, building my brand and strategizing like how I want to, how I want to go about things with my brand. Cause Look, I'm not going to be at Villanova forever. I know that. And uh, I plan on – I want to open up my own facility eventually. So I would say in the background, that's what I'm doing. I'm building out my brand, you know, 
my, my business plan, my strategy with how I want to do things. And that's, that's kind of like my obsession. Awesome. That's good shit right so there. So when the time comes, you know, I'll be, I'll be ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, man. Mike, you got any questions? I just buried them with four of them right there. That was good stuff. It was like, <laughs> no, that's good stuff. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to just hear different perspectives of, you know, cause we're talking about trying to get into, you know, training this, uh, you know, treating this population, you know, getting into more sports. Like the biggest thing that like Joe and I talk about is like, where does all this like fall in? Like biggest thing is like when it comes to rehabbing, you know, kids for, for sports, insurance companies, they don't give a shit. They just don't cover it, you know? So, you know, we, it's important that we have these objective measures to show that there are issues here. And if you don't address it now, you're going to be dealing with it later. And even then people just have these garbage insurances, unfortunately, where it's like, you got to justify like every five visits, why they need more. It's like, they should know that an ACL recovery is going to be four months at minimal. Don't yeah. make me keep giving you reavals every five damn visits, you know? So hmm. we're kind of getting to the point of like looking at, at that and like, it's going to be really interesting to see how like healthcare maybe changes dealing with all this type of stuff we're doing now right. um, with the whole like COVID and everything going on, how colleges are going to change, what's going to happen with kids going to school. How is this going to change? You know, um, are, yeah. are our parents going to still want to, you know, spend fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 a year if they're not going back to campus, what happens with the athletes? Like there's so many up in the air questions and like, Man, you know, man. but the bottom line is, you know, working with these kids and we're looking at like the importance of like the health and the performance of, of individuals. We know that the overall health of like America is really not things <laughs> to get people there you got crossfit you got spartan race you got all these like uh orange theory all this type of stuff and then you got the obsession with the organized sports so parents keeping their kids like 100 percent involved in that and like where's the mental status of the kids do they ever get a breather from that so it all ties into kids want to be active they want to do stuff but they want to have fun with doing it they want to stay on track so we're trying to find a way to basically keep them healthy, keep them focused and trying to then find that balance of going forward and doing that now, so right. it's cool to hear from your perspective what you're seeing at a college level. Definitely a prestigious college, you know. Yep. I mean, uh, you know, NCAA champions, you know, not long ago. So I mean, you know, you got to see that level and like what it's like. And uh, you know, it's kind of hearing from that perspective, you know, was like working with these kids and what you're seeing it from there because sometimes like a lot of people think it's a big miss. They don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you know, that goes into all this. Right, right. I missed a little bit what you said there at the end. I heard you say it was a mystery and then what? I'm sorry. Yeah, up yeah, the internet, internet's unstable, what you keep saying. Um, <laughs> people watch stuff on ESPN and they don't really understand what goes on a lot behind closed doors. That's why I stopped watching Sports Center a long time ago. I don't listen to any of that. It was a sports talk radio. It, I'd rather put a bullet in my head. It's horrible. <laughs> Just, just, they don't, they don't, they got to stay in your lane. They don't know what they're talking about. It's just the reality. Yeah. So you just see that and then they don't understand what goes on behind when a player gets injured. And one of the biggest learning experiences for me was when I've gone to, uh, are you familiar with Kevin Wilk? Uh, nah, sounds familiar, but. Kevin Wilk is a big PT down in Alabama. He works with Dr. James Andrews, it's like the Jay-Z orthopedic surgery. James Andrews does everybody. He's gone from Michael Jordan to, you know, Emmett Smith, Peyton Manning, everybody goes there. Okay. Uh, um, so he's like a team physician. 
for Alabama and then also Washington right. Redskins. And um, Kevin puts out a lot of research. You can follow him on Instagram. He's got a lot of cool rehab stuff. Um, I have some cool research articles like Alex Smith when he busted his shoulder, like all this cool stuff. So yep. you go there, you go to these courses, and you learn a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes, things that's happening to these athletes, seeing that, you know, what's going on. And you're starting to see where these holes are. You know, the biggest example that's really popular is the whole RG3. When you look at his combine, his landing jump, it's just like, how did you miss that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's like this multi-million dollar prospect. And it's like now, you know, unfortunately, where is he, you know? Shouldn't have happened. So, yeah. you know, we look yeah. at that type of stuff and, you know, looking at, you know, all these progressions and what it goes into understanding you and performance mentally and physically. You know? Yeah, man. All right, we're starting to get on. Might, might be the thunderstorm rolling in here because it's starting to get a little choppy. So before uh, – right, yeah, it's, it's looking dark out. It is looking dark it's, out. Guys, <laughs> the same area. I'm down a little bit further. But um, so where where can we find you, Coach? Where, where's the best places on social media to find you right now? Yeah, I mean, my handle's ShackFit, so S-H-A-C-K underscore fit. So I'm on, I'm, I'm mainly active on Instagram and uh, a little bit on Twitter. I'm starting to do that a little bit. Facebook, I'm connected to, but I don't understand Facebook yet, man. I don't know. I don't get it. Do you guys get Facebook? Yeah, Facebook is a toxic environment where you get really paranoid. So be careful how much you dip into that. <laughs> yes, yes. I did. I did. Yes. Yeah, but Shaq, Shaq fit. <laughs> Shaq fit. Yep. At Shaq fit. Shaq fit, yep, underscore. Shaq underscore fit. Hey, Mike, yeah, where I started can you following you? you there. Huh? I said I started following uh, you there. And then uh, basically when I come across cool stuff, I love passing it off. Any cool athletic things, rehab stuff. I'm always sending Joe stuff, some of the other guys. <laughs> I take Kevin Miller and cool things, cool workouts. Anything you pass. guys think is kind of interesting. Yeah, know? man, pass it on. I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, I'm at Icor underscore St. George. Um, so I post all that. Post rehab stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm still aspiring to compete you know, uh, in the Spartan races. Okay. You know, um, so we'll see how that goes forward with the whole COVID and all that. But that's still my goal. That keeps me active. It challenges me. It gets me a better understanding of, you know, fitness and, and, and the human performance and allows me to just deal with my population even like geriatrics, yeah. I mean, you could just take what you know from being a healthy individual and you could apply that to just overall rehab. But even now, as you start a little more working with these kids and stuff, you know, it's just important to have that kind of baseline. You know, I just, Absolutely. I just never understood and people say, oh, you know, I'm in my thirties, I'm getting old, life's over. And I'm just like, that's pathetic, man. That really is. I mean, there's so <laughs> much things so that you can do. Talk about it all the time. I mean, what, what are you going to say? Where did they get to my age? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, like a little bit here and there. I mean, now, like 30 minute workout here and there, doing stuff, you get a lot accomplished. It's just, I think a lot of people don't know what to do and they need a direction. You know, uh, you get a lot done in 30 minutes to an hour, take crunch for time management, you know, so it's just yeah. being efficient. Exactly, man. That's what I'm all about being efficient, keeping it smart, man, you know. It doesn't have to be a circus act. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Yeah. What just real quickly, tell me about the Sparta race. Like I know, I mean, I know a little. I've seen it, but I don't really know exactly what it is. So like the Spartan race is like obstacle course racing. So it started to get real big shortly after CrossFit hit the market. They started booming in like 2013, 2014. Um, basically they really wanted to create a, a, a concept where you have to get in connection with nature. So you'll run through a lot of different elements. And, uh, you yeah. know, you can kind of read the history of it with the creator, but he started on a, on a farm in Vermont and it just went from there. And now he's like, he's international and people just loved it. They just, you climb over stuff, you carry stuff, you run, you know, you go up to like mountains and you're on the side of the mountain. It's just very aspect of human fitness you're being challenged with and okay. it's uh it's the most fit i've ever been in my entire life i mean i ran cross country you know and played soccer you know and i was pretty competitive with both of those you know i was like state level in new jersey but i was not this type of shape it's just requires you to be strong but also just really you know balanced in terms of fast and whatever you want to do there's long races short races it's just a different element. You're just tapping into a little bit of everything. You could implement some Olympic lifting, some CrossFit, some strength training, and you just yeah, curtail yeah. your training program. And it's it's cool. And I, I like doing the shorter courses just because of time. Yeah. It's more it's more conducive for me. I don't have time to be spending two hours out on the trails putting in long mileage. The shorter ones are faster, quicker paced. I think for my, my, my genetics, I aspire to that a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun to train for. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll go to Tyler and I'll do some trail runs, but then I'll do some high intensity stuff in here. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a cool thing to get into. I mean, even if you didn't want to do it competitively and you want to do like age group or just run with some friends, yeah. it's, a, it's a cool concept of what they have going on. So okay. hopefully, hopefully they're able to, to survive the whole COVID thing. I mean, they're a pretty big brand. I think they'll be able to pull through, but it's uh it's a growing thing, man. It's the number one fitness movement in the world. I mean, everybody, wow. I mean, all these countries just have it. It's insane. And if people are like addicted, they just show up and they do this stuff. It's do, just got so everything. Do you travel to different locations to the race or you usually you wait till they come around here? Um, I do some local ones, but they have different series they were doing. So they do like a stadium series where you actually run in the stadiums. Okay. And that was cool. To go to a lot of cool wow. places. So I was planning to go, go to – Washington D.C. City Field. I actually ran in Dallas Stadium last year. That, that was been nuts. Cool. Yeah, thousand feet. Yeah, it was it was awesome. That was one of the best races, and it was hard too. The way they laid out the obstacles, it was hot as hell, and you're in Jerry Jones's arena, and like the AC's blasting, and you're up in there. It's like a thousand <laughs> feet of elevation. It was one of the coolest races wow. I ever did. You finish like out in the end zone on the field. Um, then you go to other places. I was supposed to go to L.A. I was supposed to go out to Boston. They have one here in Philly. So you get okay. to travel and go to cool places. Um, All right. Yeah, so the big one here that's local is up in Palmerton. You go up on the double black diamond, and they make you carry sandbags up that shit. I mean, there's all this crazy <laughs> stuff. You know? and yeah, I got some guys that I train with. My buddy owns a gym out in Westchester that's like a, oh, uh, uh, basically like obstacle course ninja war okay. So it's been like a whole thing, and it's just uh, – it's fun, man. You know, you get competitive with it, but at the end of the day, you turn back like, man, did I really do that? You know? Yeah, so, man. No, it sounds awesome. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, man. So, if you ever awesome. see me at the park, if you ever want to go to the park and, and rip a quick 30 minute grind, man, I'm down. I think that's <laughs> I got all the points. So, you know? You'll see him in Cairo. He's in there doing, he's lifting tree, tree trunks. <laughs> Yeah, you saw that? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. We got to do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll all right. Take it easy on me.
<laughs> yeah, we got to get Joe up to speed. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, I'm going to close this out. Shaq, I appreciate your time, man. Really do. I will hey, see man, you. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Great yeah. talk. Yes, I'll, I'll see you back in the yeah, gym soon. All right, man, yeah. I'm, actually, I'll be there tomorrow, all right? Sounds great. I'll be here. You know it. All right. Mikey. All right, buddy. Yeah, I'll see you guys. This is awesome. See you. All right. Thank you again. Nice meeting you, Mike. Likewise, man. We'll be in touch. All right, man. Be in touch. Yep. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye -bye. See you. All right. You can find me you, at the, uh, Instagram at Coach underscore Haas. That's Coach underscore Haas. Um, Mike, another good, um, another good interview. Yeah, man, that was cool. I liked, um, I liked that. Just kind of learning a little bit about, you know, what they're doing over there, you know, at the college level. Um, and, you know, obviously, not, I, you know, I don't want to put these guys on pressure and give them any secrets. I think every university and every team has a little bit of secrets of stuff that they do, you know, with their athletes. But just a general understanding of the type of things. I think that's really cool. They have dialed in with the nutrition. I think that those um, – those basically sent to the home meal plans are like the really big thing now. It's just, it's just you pay for it, but it's right. you pay to go to the store and buy the healthy food and cook it, or you're paying for it all to be ready for you. And if you're a really busy athlete, like a D1 athlete or a sponsored athlete, you can maybe get some, yeah, you know, get some help from, because some of them might get 100% free meals, you know, or they get some discounts. So, yeah, why not take that? I mean, if someone was going to send me food, that would take the labor off my wife for cooking and stuff like that. Absolutely. Hell yeah, I'd do it. That was interesting, you know, cool too. Concept, that he you know? said that that was, his first, that, that was the first thing that he basically did when they went into quarantine is he realized nutrition was going to be – and you know what? It is. Think about that. Being locked in and eating shitty foods is just going to yeah. combat the way you feel, you know? So It's going to happen because – I, I even experienced it on the two weeks we were closed. You wake up late because you have no motivation to get up. I had to take care of like phone calls and things, checking in with patients, but I had all day to do that. And then it's like, you know what? I might as well just sleep in and catch up on sleep, but then you're missing your normal breakfast time. Everything's pushed back. Yep. You're not up as much. You're not burning as much calories. Your whole system's thrown off. I felt the worst working out during that. Your body adapts to, like a system. So that's why he's right. You get up early, you get your meals in, more calories, mm -hmm. you know, um, even like Stacy at the front desk at our, at our clinic, she's seeing the same things with her kids. They're, Staying up late, going to sleep, you know, later, obviously, and then they're waking up uh, later. So their whole meals and everything's are thrown off. And uh, it does. And then sometimes you don't feel like eating your regular meals. Oh, I'm going to go eat some popcorn. Oh, I'm going to eat some crap. And then everything just goes downhill, you know, or you're watching movies and you're just like, yeah. Eh. Yep. Well, I'm going to call him tomorrow at 4.15 to make sure he's up. <laughs> yeah, man, this is the, this is the test, man. Credibility, you're holding you accountable to that. You are. Matter of fact, I'm going to call you too, if you don't mind, right? 415 good? I, I used to do that, believe it or not. When I lived in the city, I actually got up because of my work schedule at the time. I've gone, done early. I've lifted, like, squatted heavy at, like, 5 a.m. when the gym opened. And, you know, what? it's kind of cool when you're done, but right now I just don't see the purpose of it. I'd rather Hard. dial in my sleep a little bit better. Yeah. And I'll still work out some mornings, but – I'd rather get that sleep, feel fresh, and then, you know, um, have you know, energy for, like, afternoon. But you still got to get to sleep at a reasonable time. I notice if I dick around and I don't get to sleep on time, you feel like trash the next day. So it's all, it's all just consistency. You know, you got to be consistent. When I was opening the gym and I was doing the morning classes here, that's what I was – I was waking up about 4.30, 4.15, 4.30.
But by two o'clock in the afternoon, I was, you know, I was exhausted, you know. So yeah. I've kind of traded that off and woke now I wake up about five thirty, gives me another hour, sometimes six o'clock, you know, but I feel more refreshed. I get that extra hour and a half of sleep, you know. Um I am staying up a little bit later than I was before, you know, but I'm not staying up that late, you know, yeah. 11, 1130 is late, you know, yeah. but before that I was in bed by 930, yeah. 10 o'clock, you know, I have two boys that are 22 yeah. and 20 walking around the house at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. So it's like a party, you know, so I'm trying to combat that a little yeah. bit, you know, um, but yeah. yeah. When the energy in the house is going like that, it makes it harder for you to shut down. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, those morning workouts are tough. I just don't feel great during them. It's hard to get going. I always feel better in the afternoon. Like this afternoon with the sun out and the heat, I love it. It just gives me so much energy, you know, and it's hard in the winter. Waking up at 4 o'clock in the winter, oh, come it's, on, that's horrible. Yeah. It was dark. You're like, wait a minute, is it the next day yet? Like, yeah, what happened here? It's horrible. Yeah. So you just got to find what kind of what work what works for you and you find that system you know because they were talking about that too with a lot of these recovery um aids like you know the garmin and the whoop strap and they're looking at sleep cycles and they're saying all the best data comes from consistency you can't you know go to sleep early one night and then dick around the rest it's not going to quit you got to be somewhere within a half hour consistency when you're going to sleep and your body will, will do fine off of that you know so interesting very good stuff tonight man i really appreciate your time we're only on one podcast tonight. So um, our boy Johnny on the West Coast is taking the week off. So we will reconnect with him next week, hopefully. And um, we have, I might as well give a little bit of a, um, what do they call that? A little sneak peek into next week. Uh, we have a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon on next week. I won't give the full details. I'll kind of leave hints throughout the week on Instagram. Um, but I want to make sure that we confirm. I did confirm with the doctor, but I'll, I'll do it one more time. But we're going to have an orthopedic surgeon on next week, and we're going to talk, obviously, about ACL. Yeah. You know, what else, right? Um, so, yeah, well, we're going to uh, we're going to get a little uh, get our learn on next week for sure with our doctor, and uh, make sure you got some good questions asked. Yeah, man, we'll get, we'll get some good stuff. We'll dive into some things uh, this way so people can understand a little bit more about what's about healing and behind the uh, the scenes with all that stuff. You know, I don't think a lot of people really understand 100% what's going on there. There better not be another freaking storm coming through so we don't lose connection with that one because I we know. almost lost it. Well, you know what? Just say that, last up, sentence. say that last sentence one more time because it kind of did break up. It was sad saying we almost lost it tonight. It was hanging on by like a thread. No, before that, when you were talking about the doctor. Uh, I was saying that um, it would just be really good to get some insight onto the surgery perspective, understand what goes on behind behind the scenes with that, the healing, the understand the surgical technique, yep. you know, the importance of why rehab is done the way it's done, you know, and just uh, from her perspective, you know, techniques that maybe she does, understanding how the grafts are put in, what goes on behind choosing the grafts. A lot of a lot of cool things to get people to understand because a lot of people hear the surgery and they just they don't understand what goes behind it. So right. Well you're giving it a little bit more away. So there's another hint folks. It's a she. It's a female surgeon. 
Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. That's all right. I'll be giving out little secrets throughout the week. Hey, I'm going to cut you off. You can reach us again at core underscore St. George on Instagram. And I'm reached at coach underscore Haas, H-O-S. My man, have a great night. I'm sure I'll be talking to you in a couple hours tomorrow. Yeah, all right, man. Take it easy. Right. See you, buddy.